I V M. Hi, welcome to another episode of a show about crypto. Another week, another episode, another topic to discuss. With me today is CEO and co-founder of Mudrex, Mr. Edward Patel. Hi, Edward. How's it going? Hey, Ron. It's going really, really well, and I'm super excited to be on the show. I am super excited to have you on the show because my understanding is that it has been a reasonably big week for Bitcoin. And what I'd like to talk to you about today specifically is uh, ETF exchange traded funds in Bitcoin, which are finally uh, Bitcoin futures to be more specific, which I believe are finally being traded uh, on American exchanges, which is a start. So this is a super basic show uh, where we try to explain. uh jargon to our listeners let's start with the super basics what is an etf yes so i think uh, uh, let, before getting into an etf let's just try and understand why funds existed all together so sure uh, very early on what was happening is that uh, in the traditional equities world people would try and do uh, trading by themselves and they would try and buy and sell and of course as we know that doesn't work really well for most people right like they no. just end up losing a ton of money and uh, to solve for that what started to happen was that fund managers would start taking people's money and trade on their behalf on the exchanges now that of course led to a lot of speculation and eventually was uh, one of the reasons why the large crash happened in 1929 right and and after that uh, a lot of acts came in that brought in regulations into the equities world uh, like the exchanges act and and the fund management act and so on and so forth where in order to prevent people from losing money what essentially uh, the government said was that okay what uh, if you want to hand over money to someone as a fund manager the better thing to do was that that fund manager is coordinated and regulated by us that fund manager takes money from you from an exchange and then that exchange has the job of managing and and maintaining and making sure that your money is being invested right so typically the way a mutual funds or something like that works is that you given money that money goes to a central depository and whenever the fund manager wants to trade he just goes out and does the trade the depository executes it on the manager's behalf right and and the exchange of course tracks the nev so effectively an etf is an exchange traded fund where the fund is managed by a fund manager but entry and exit into that fund is managed by an exchange now the reason why this is a is is a beautiful system is because as soon as there is an etf that exists on the exchange anyone and everyone who has access to the exchange can now potentially trade that etf right and you don't need to go to the fund manager and and work with them and get integrations with them and sign separate documents with them and so on and so forth so it makes entry into the system really easy and and yeah that that's the benefit of an etf uh, as such So in an ETF, what I can do is, if I have access to this exchange, I can just go out there and trade in it like I would any other stock. Is what Correct. you're saying? Correct. Right, exactly. and that's how money is essentially going in and out of this exchange as well. Like that's how it's exactly. growing. Yeah, exactly. So effectively, you buy and sell. Uh, you buy and and then someone on the other end, of course, sells and buys, and then whatever is the net effective buy amount that goes to the fund manager at the end of the day. What is the net effective sell amount that comes back from the fund manager <clears throat> at the end of the day, so that it can be settled uh, uh, at the end of the day in your accounts. And specifically, coming to what happened this week is the ProShare ETF in Bitcoin futures, not Bitcoin, Bitcoin futures, which is an important distinction yeah. to make. So, also for our listeners and a little bit for me, what are Bitcoin futures versus an exchange, an ETF that deals directly in Bitcoin? Yes, that's a great question. So, futures in general are effectively securities or instruments that track the price of 
an actual product in the futures. For example, some of the world's most popular futures are actually oil futures or coffee futures. Right. And like 30-day oil futures, 30-day coffee futures effectively try and track the price of oil 30 days from today or right. coffee 30 days from today. Now, it's not actually always 30 days from today because it's a specific date that they are trying to track it on. And historically, the reason why futures got developed at all was because commodities traders, and when I say commodities traders, oil companies, food grain manufacturers and traders, they wanted some kind of sort of price stability and predictability. They didn't want to just reach on and land up into the market one day and find that the prices suddenly crashed or sure. the prices suddenly shot up, right? So that's why futures came into play at all. Now, Bitcoin futures was just another way for us to be able to track the price of Bitcoin. So the right. reason why futures are different uh, than, than actual Bitcoin is because there is no, at the end of the day, settlement uh, in Bitcoins. For example, when you buy a future, uh, you only get the actual commodity at the date of expiry of the future. In, in right. this case, uh, in Bitcoin futures, when you buy a Bitcoin future, you are not actually getting Bitcoin. But effectively, what you're doing is it gives you the ability to speculate on the price of Bitcoin without actually owning Bitcoin. So that's kind of sort of the benefit of futures. And uh, in, in the pro case, in the pro shares case, the future that it is tracking is the CME futures. And the CME futures is one of the largest uh, kinds of regulated futures uh, set up out there for Bitcoin. Right. Okay. Yeah. So with, so with, so, and, and correct me if I'm wrong. So when you're, when you're betting on futures, uh, especially Bitcoin futures, instead of having skin in the game, you have skin in a game about the game. Exactly. It's, it's a skin right. in the game about the game. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's actually quite interesting. Um, so how does this work in terms of why specifically has this ETF in Bitcoin futures suddenly sparked, I'm not just going to say hype because it's not just hype, but this sort of overall sentiment of positivity um, in Bitcoin. What is it about ETF specifically uh, and them being allowed that suddenly makes this seem like regulatory, sorry, regulatorily a positive step? Exactly. So firstly, people have been trying to get Bitcoin and Bitcoin futures in, onto the exchange for the last 8-10 years now, right? Mm -hmm. And the reason why the SEC was always against it or, or in principle disapproved launching such ETFs was that they, they primarily said that there are two reasons why. The first reason was that uh, if you are doing actual Bitcoin ETFs, that means that the fund manager on the other end needs to actually literally buy Bitcoin, which means right. that there are security implications, there are custody implications, there are storage implications and so on and so forth, right? Which are challenging. And of course, the SEC doesn't have clear answers or regulations for that today. Now, on the other end, the other problem that the SEC also had was that uh, Bitcoin was highly speculative and because it was a global market, the SEC felt that it was uh, a, a lot of times susceptible to manipulation by entities that were non-US and as a result of that, not under the purview of the SEC. And, uh, and, and as a result, SEC has just consistently been denying Bitcoin ETFs, uh, just, just the normal Bitcoin ETFs to be launched. Now, the reason why the Bitcoin futures ETF is different is A, it, it's not actually buying Bitcoin. So mm -hmm. as a result, there is no implication of storage and, and so on and so forth. B, it tracks the CME futures. The CME futures are in themselves a fairly regulated product. And as a result of that, uh, the SEC has kind of sort of more reliance on fact that it is not that susceptible to manipulation and bump and dump. And if, even if it is, uh, and people are doing it, can be put to particular constraints by the SEC itself. So because these both 
kind of sort of issues were resolved, I, I guess we were able to first see uh, this Bitcoin ETF, right? Now, the reason why it's seen as such a nice and positive step and nice and positive sentiment is A, it opens up Bitcoin to many, many, many more people now. Because now, uh, if for someone who wants to buy or get exposure to Bitcoin, they don't need to go and create an account with Coinbase. An account with their existing broker just works, right? Uh, they don't need to care about security and storage. They can just simply buy the Bitcoin ProShares ETF and its price is tracked by the Bitcoin price. More importantly, because it's futures, it allows you to also short Bitcoin. So it's actually literally speculating on Bitcoin. Right? But if you were, if you would have invested in a normal Bitcoin ETF, you, there's no way you could short it. So sure. the, these are some of the flexibilities that it gets into the system. And as a result of that, it, it opens up Bitcoin to a much larger audience. As a result of that, as more and more money comes in and more people get involved, it, that's a general positive sentiment for the asset class and the ecosystem itself. Thank you. That's a very, very helpful answer. So I know now if I want to invest in it, I no longer necessarily need to get onto an exchange and get my own Bitcoin. I can just go out there and invest in one of these, which is a fantastic thing to learn on a show about crypto brought to you by CoinSwitch, uh, an exchange for crypto. But no, I'm kidding. All right. We are in conversation with Edward Patel about the ETFs in Bitcoin futures that have just been launched. And we take a short break right now and we'll be back for more conversation. All right, welcome back to a show about crypto. We are in conversation with Edul Patel about ETFs and Bitcoin futures. Here's my question, right? On the one hand, you've sort of, you mentioned that this does bring in a new audience. Uh, it allows a lot more, let's say for want of a better word, it allows casuals to get into the Bitcoin game, right? Where you don't necessarily have a broader understanding of it. But how does this sort of, square off against the spirit of what we call Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, right? Which is where you're talking about the entire point of this was to be heavily decentralized and sort of demarcated from Wall Street in a way um, versus with these funds and all coming back in. Does this just turn into another Wall Street game? And is that eventually going to just eclipse sort of what we're seeing with the sort of spirit of what people are trying to do with cryptocurrency as a medium? Yes. And I don't so, have an answer. It's just It's just a question. No, so the way at least I see is it is that, uh, you know, if you're wanting to move away from traditional finance, that effectively like a social revolution and social revolutions more often than not don't happen as step functions. They happen as gradual changes, right? Uh, and more and more of the work that's happening on DeFi, more and more things where we are trying to link decentralized finance with traditional finance, either via Wall Street or via complete DeFi associates is moving the needle slowly and steadily towards this eventual social revolution, right? And right. in my opinion, it's a great thing because what happens is that as more and more people get involved into crypto during this way, they get to know about crypto, they get to learn about its positives and negatives, and then actually try and understand what's the value crypto and blockchain as a technology adds to the financial system. And maybe that convinces them to jump the boat and come to the other side faster. Fair. Okay. That's so, a fair so that, that's kind of, sort of my understanding. And it, as I said, right, things like this take many, many, many years because uh, like at the end of the day, every system has an inertia and inertia inherently means that it's sure. resistant to change. So you need to slowly, steadily push and, and get the ball rolling. Okay. Well, that definitely seems to be a thing that's happening with uh, this ETF. Uh, the, the other question I sort of have, you covered this partly, but I just want to get a clear sense of it. Um, what is so the clearest? What is the clearest difference between a futures uh, ETF and a Bitcoin ETF? Like if and are those anywhere on the horizon yet? 
Yes. So let, let's just generalize it. What's the difference between a futures ETF and, and a settled ETF? The difference between a futures ETF and uh, an actual settled ETF is that at the end of the futures contract, someone gets the commodity. Uh, right. Uh, that, that's what happens in a settled ETF. But in like a futures ETF, you at the end of the day, don't get it. So rolling commodity just continues to move on. So for example, in in settled in, in coffee settled uh, futures, at the end of the period, you would actually have to buy coffee and store it, right? Uh, right. from, from the other end. And, and in, having said that, in this case, there is no actual transfer. So people who are entering into the Bitcoin ETF will never get Bitcoin in like a Bitcoin wallet. Uh, right. It will never be stored on their exchange wallet. It's not that they can just move that Bitcoin from that one wallet to some other wallet. It's all linked up. All you do is, all you're doing is that you're getting exposure to Bitcoin prices. And as a result of that, are able to speculate on Bitcoin prices. Effectively, that's the purpose of this ETF. The purpose of this is never to give you Bitcoin at the end of the day. Understood. Thank you. That clears it up a lot. So ETFs are obviously one way of, um, or sort of one instrument uh, tangentially related to Bitcoin, where you can speculate on it without necessarily having any skin in the game, as we said. Yeah. Uh, what other avenues are there that are say either gathering steam or could potentially gather steam in the same vein as investment opportunities for say the casual person or person who doesn't want to actually hold any Bitcoin? I, exactly. So w- the way, at least the way we are seeing the space evolve is that what's happening is that early on, the people who came in were just traders or geeks and they, they just wanted to either buy Bitcoin or trade Bitcoin and so on and so forth, right? But over time, what has happened is that most people who tried trading crypto just ended up losing more money than they ended up making it because it was so volatile, right? Like you would yeah. buy, you would eventually end up buying high and selling low, buying high because of hype and selling low because of fear, right? Stop and attacking the, me personally, Edul. It's too early in the morning for such a personal attack. Yeah, just, I, I resent such a personal <laughs> attack on me this early in the morning. Happened with me as well, my friend. So <laughs> we, we are all in the same boat. So, 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 so effectively what's happened is that, uh, you know, this buying and selling again and again is something that most people can't do. And, and this is not something new. All of this exact same thing was happening in the equities world as well, right? People buying and selling were not able to make money. And we, we know famously that 95, 97% of traders end up losing money rather than making, right? And to solve for that, simple to invest products like indexes came up or mutual funds came up. And that actually truly opened up the asset class for the casual investor who does not have enough time, who has a day job and who wants to go ahead and do it, right? And as we are seeing time progress, more and more and more products like this are being built out. And at Mudrex, we are actually doing the job of creating these products, right? So one of the things that we recently launched is something called as a coin set, where the idea is that instead of putting in money in Bitcoin, you should put in, put in money in, let's say, a, a large cap Bitcoin, a, a crypto large cap index, which is effectively, right. which what we call as crypto blue chip, which are the top five crypto tokens. And then Got just it. like how an index is managed uh, and, and rebalanced, Mudrex does the job of rebalancing and managing. And there are similar such products that are being built out, uh, out there, which are actually truly opening up the space for retail investors. Because because what's started to happen is that, you know, as people get into Bitcoin and crypto, Bitcoin seems to be like the gateway drug for all practical purposes for crypto, yeah. right? Like you, you get yeah. in by buying Bitcoin, but then you understand what crypto is all about. And then you move into Ethereum and then you move into altcoins and then you just degen into some random token. And then you end up losing a lot of money and then you circle back 
to square one, right? Shiba Inu buyers, we're looking at you, Shiba Inu buyers. We're looking at you right now. We're looking you straight in the eye right now. Um, and we're talking to you. We're calling yeah. you out by name. <laughs> but um, that's sort of about it. And is that is that something that you see um, a lot of interest for, a lot of appetite for in India as well? Absolutely. So uh, the more and more people that we speak to uh, uh, in India specifically, we are starting to see that this is the same problem because the problem is similar to in the equities world as well, right? Like people don't know when they should buy Reliance stock or TCS stock or any other stock sure. for that matter. So they ended up just moving towards mutual funds. And now they're mm-hmm. ending up going towards indexes, right? And that just simplifies the investing space. What we are also seeing is that the same thing is actually true for fund managers. So we've been speaking to quite a few fund managers to try and understand how can we get crypto to their clientele. And over there also the same sentiment comes up that we are not sure how we can, uh, whether it's safe or not, whether it's secure or not, but we want to take directional bets in the crypto industry. How do we do it? So right. that's the sense that we are getting. And uniquely Mudrex is a global product, right? Like we've got users from 90 different countries and US, Europe, etc. are significantly oh, wow. larger user bases. India is a 10-15% of our audience today. And this same sentiment is actually mirrored over there as well. So that, that actually kind of sort of goes back to the point that, you know, making money is such a central global human problem. And we've been trying to solve for this across asset classes for millennia now that yeah. the problems that users have are the same, right? Help me make money. Don't make it complicated. Give me consistent returns and prevent losses. So that's the same kind of sort of ethos with, with which a lot of products are being developed in, in the crypto world as well today. You forgot one very important one, which is don't scam me. Which brings me to my next and I think final Don't question, scam. which is yes. how does somebody like if, if how how would I evaluate? Are there any parameters I can use to evaluate an ETF? Or look, I know I can't guarantee what the final payout of that ETF is going to be, but just the legitimacy of it to know that this is not going to be somebody who bounces with my money. What yeah. what's a simple way to evaluate like, okay, is this a trustworthy ETF? Got it. So in most cases, the ETF the trust on the ETF is kind of sort of ensured because it's traded on the exchange and exchange has done the job of the due diligence, right? So, right. And, and that's actually one of the main reasons why Bitcoin ETF is now, so it became, was such a big thing because the exchange verified it. So it was kind of sort of guaranteed that ProShares is not going to run away with your money. Uh, sure. Whoever is managing the ETF, right? Uh, because there are actual consequences to that. And it's not like you're going to some random exchange and buying a Bitcoin and, and tokens over there. So the fact that it's on an exchange actually does verify it. But apart from that, while talking about these other products, the way I actually look at or try and spot scams is to firstly try and see uh, who are the people. Are they transparent? Are they open? Do, do you know about them? Is there their profile publicly visible? The second thing is who are they backed up by? The, are, are, are people... Uh, are, other larger investors putting in money? Have they been published elsewhere? And so on and so forth. Uh, thirdly, how accessible and how transparent is their infrastructure and information? Is is there a community that's following it? Are they available on the community? Are they talking about it? And so on and so forth. And these are some of, you know, the basic rules that you should follow and make sure that you don't get scammed. Uh, but having said that, uh, one of the highlight or hallmark things that I always look at is if anyone is promising free money, and taking some fees for you for, for that at the start, that's a hallmark of a scam. Like the by default, right. de facto scam, give me money today and I will make you money in the future is the default and scam. not layer. just in crypto, that's just across, like you said, for millennia. 
That has yeah. always been the scam. Yeah, so I, I, I was looking at this documentary Money Explained on Netflix a few days ago, right? And, and that literally echoed this exact same sentiment that said that scams have been literally going on for millennia. And it's this exact same problem or these characteristics are the same for everyone who's trying to scam. Well, thank you, Edel. That was extremely informational. Uh, and I feel like uh, over the last 20 minutes, I have learned a lot more about ETFs and more specifically why this ETF is such positive news for the crypto industry. Uh, thank you so much for being so lucid. Thank you so much for your time. And is there anything you would like to tell us about Mudrex before you go? Yeah, so at, at our goal, uh, at Mudrex, we are trying to essentially just simplify and make crypto investing easy for the average investor. It's a bad, bad world out there. And with crypto, it's literally the wild, wild west. So with products like what we create on Mudrex, like CoinSets, we just make it easy for users to invest in. We give them a one-click uh, investment option to to put in money across different different themes themes that they genuinely believe in and scale up. Uh, as a product, we've scaled up very very rapidly. We are backed by some of the best names and, and today manage close to 15 20 million dollars in assets under in in assets across the world. So yeah, would would love to see you guys come on board and and yeah. join in using my referral link and you can get like a 25 dollar credit as well. So there, unlike a scam, we true are giving you person, money. True salesperson, right there. Referral link dropped and everything. Um, Always. This is. I already have blind faith in you. I have blind faith in you already. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, Edward Patel. This has been thank an you, absolute Rohan. pleasure. And this has been illuminating. Have a great day. And for everybody you. who has been listening, thank you so much for tuning in. And I hope you have a great day also. Bye-bye. This has been a show about crypto. Thank you for watching or listening or whatever it is that you did. 